The physical world that we live in and the things we believe are often at contrast. They don't fit together. And that's a struggle. That is part of this experience on this side of this life. And we have this hunger, this longing for more, for things to be different, for us to be able to see. And sometimes we can't even express it, but we, we have this thing inside of us. And how we respond to that ache, how we respond to that longing is so important. It's a God-ordained thing that He's put in your life and my life. It's about our story and His story. It's something He planned for you. And it's part of what we want to illustrate and talk about this morning. I'm going to talk just a little bit longer, and then I'm going to let Tiffany in a moment share a little bit of our story, and hopefully you can relate. So God loves us, and He wants to stir a hunger in us for more relationship with Him, to experience Him more, so that we can see Him, a hunger, so that we can see Him in Jesus by faith, and so that we can trust the Holy Spirit, and know Him more. John says in 1 John, one, I don't remember the, he says, eternal life is this, is that we know God. Think about that for a second. Eternal life is that we may know God. How do we know Him? We can't see Him. That's Liren's cry, was, I can't see Him. How do we know Him? And I love what Lexia said in her sermon a few weeks back that, you know, our sufferings, that's an opportunity for us to know Him. That's something ordained by God for you. It's an opportunity. So Jesus, you know, if you remember, He lived three years with His disciples. Three years with these guys. They saw Him heal people, saw Him uh, silence the Pharisees with one answer. They saw Him... Uh, feed 5,000, walk on water, and he was speaking these things of the kingdom, showing them what it looked like. They watched him. They were on the inner circle. They got the front row seat. They were learning. They were the ones that he called to be with him. And, uh, and then, close to the time that he was supposed to be crucified, he started preparing them. He started saying, now I'm not going to be here anymore. And they're like, oh, we don't understand that. I am not going to be here anymore you're going to learn that the Father is not just my Father, He's your Father too. And you are going to talk to Him like I've been talking to Him. You are going to be doing what I've done. And if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. So it's better if I go, and then you will receive power from on high. The Holy Spirit will come, and He will help you. He will lead you. He will remind you of what you need to know. He'll show you the way. And one of the disciples, remember this situation. He said, how do we know the way? We don't know the way, what you're talking about, Jesus. He said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so he's, he's showing them these things, talking to them. And uh, then, you know, it's like he, uh, he goes through all these illustrations. He's trying to show them what this life is like and what it's going to be like for them. And he prays a prayer for them. And I love this prayer. This is in John 17, and you may want to read this section later. This is really encouraging. He prays for you and for me. He says, Jesus is praying, My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe through their message that all of them may be one, Father, 
just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. He said things like this. He said, you know, we're going to come and make our home with you. Abide in me. Stay in me. And rivers of living water will come out of you. It'll be like a stream just coming out, life coming out of you. You will know me. You'll know the Father. We'll reveal ourselves to you. He said all kinds of things like this. So he's trying to get it through to them. Then he's crucified and he's buried and everything is lost. Peter, one of the strongest disciples, probably the oldest, he was kind of the leader. He stuck his foot in his mouth a lot. He said the wrong thing at the wrong time, but he was leading out. He was trying to get it. He was ready to cut off somebody's head for Jesus in the garden. Remember that with his sword. He was passionate. He was ready to die with his Lord. And then he completely lost everything. Jesus was crucified. He was buried. He saw the whole thing. And then he's just devastated. He has no clue what happened. And then he just goes home. And he wonders, what is the deal? And he went fishing. That's what he used to do. But then Jesus comes. You remember, he comes back. He raised, gets raised from the dead, and he calls them back. He starts to pump encouragement back into them. He shows them the scriptures, and he says, go to Jerusalem. You're going to wait there, and then you're going to receive power, and you're going to be, you're going to understand. And it does, and Peter ends up later in Acts. We read, he's the one raising the dead. Peter is the one healing the blind, blind, the blind beggar by the, by the gate, Right? And uh, this is Peter doing what his master did. And we see other people. I love that Jesus was not one that just kept the inner circle. He only had capacity for 12 guys, but he let people hang around. There were other people around that went everywhere with him. Uh, you, like Matthias, the one they chose to replace Judas. They said, choose somebody that's been with us from the beginning. Matthias was there all along, maybe on the back row, but he was there listening and going everywhere. Martha, she was the one coming up there listening. She was a disciple. There was a group of women. There were other people, people drawn, and Jesus let them hang out, be there. But that wasn't enough. He would go to their homes. He would eat lunch with them. He would uh, allow these people and just go right into their space, and he would offer the word of forgiveness of sins, salvation. He would speak hope and change their lives. That wasn't enough, though. Jesus wanted more. The Father wants more. And we see it in the Holy Spirit coming. Now, Jesus says, if I go, the Holy Spirit comes, and now everybody, I can be with everybody. Everybody's in. Everybody's in the inner circle. God wants relationship with you. God wants relationship with each one of us like he had relationship with Jesus. And if we think about that, that causes a lot of things to start to rumble. It's, it's unthinkable. It's, what does that mean for us? That means a lot for us. What, what does that mean? It also causes us to kind of tremble a little bit because of the, the disparity between the way we're living and what he said he's giving us. It, it makes us wake up a little bit. Hopefully it stirs hunger in us. That if we're not living a certain way, 
if we're not experiencing Him in a life-giving way, then, then we want more. There is more. It's offered to you. And Jesus said, ask, ask, and my Father who's good will give you the Holy Spirit. And He teaches us a way of living with the Holy Spirit. You know, living, walking by faith. Hebrews says, faith is the assurance of things unseen. And that is a tricky deal. It's kind of like living by another life, and we don't, it's, we don't have the, the senses to do it. It's a whole new set of senses that we have to learn as believers. And God is teaching us. He's teaching us here in this body as we grow up in Him. And it's a wonderful thing. It's like a little kid growing up and learning to walk. The coordination is not there. There's a lot of bumping around before things start to click. And uh, it's also like kind of learning to breathe underwater. That's a terrible picture. But, um, but I, I feel like that's kind of the way it is for us sometimes. This journey of learning to live by faith. And it happens in many different ways as God trains us and teaches us. But there's a drowning that has to happen from our old life to living by faith where we trust Him, ignoring, not ignoring, but just in spite of what we see that is, doesn't make sense or that is so painful, that we can turn to Him and that we can learn to live by His life. And then we start to live by other senses. And God comes, and He can come in power in many, many ways. He comes to us in many different ways. Now think about your own life where God has met you and where this faith journey has grown in your, where you've known God more. Um, I'm going to have Tiffany share a little bit of our story in how this has been developed in us. And it's just one piece, uh, but there are many, and hopefully you can relate. Uh, so, you know, one of the stories that helps me with thinking about some of that tension that we have with Believing the unseen, the reality of we know the promises of God, we know uh, what the Word is saying about who He is and what He's like, and then we have our circumstances that often are in contrast to that. And I love in John 11 the story that where, you know, Jesus, He loves Lazarus, He loves Mary, He loves Martha, and he's, someone brings word to Him that Lazarus is ill, and the scripture actually says right there, Jesus loved Mary and Martha, and he stayed where he was two more days. You know, he knows he's ill. He loved him, and he stayed where he was two more days. And actually, by the time he gets there, it's four days. And, you know, if you know the story, Lazarus has already died. And, and I think that, you know, those four days, right, so many of us can relate to the reality of living it, our experience feeling like those four days, feeling like the in-between. And for us, you know, looking back as we prayed about today, I feel like we were supposed to share this one particular story that was formative for us. God has often, you know, He comes to us, like Chris said, He comes to us in so many different ways. And for us, one of the themes, um, I actually have a friend who, who said to me, wow, you have so many great stories about you know finances and God coming through you should write a book and and I always jokingly respond I think I would title it the story I never wanted to write right <laughs> uh, we don't always choose uh, where God's going to come to us or what our struggles will be um, but 
for us in finances and financial struggle, God has often met us and he has, you know, as we look back, we realize he's, he was teaching us. He was trying to show us that, A, that he always comes. He always comes. And, you know, he comes sometimes to respond to our, our specific need. God, we are asking you for this. And he brings it, for our, our experience has been he, he almost always brings it through the body of Christ. And uh, then, but when he doesn't bring it, He's shown us that he gives the grace to endure not having it. He gives the grace to endure having him and knowing what it means to fellowship with him, to love him, to, for him to be enough. And he really is enough. And that's power. <laughs> that's power. If God can come and be enough for us in whatever we're in, that's power. That's the gospel. That's the kind of good news that those early believers experienced and saw. A, a great power. And it's at work in you. And it's at work in us. And we, so we, so we're going to go back in time to parachute pants, neon. No, no, not that far back. Just kidding. Uh, that, that was a little further back. We're going to go 20 years back to Chris and I, newly married. And so a younger version of us and bigger hair and mismatched clothing. Because I hadn't had my way yet with his wardrobe. <laughs> He was, a, he was a missionary kid, and he didn't care about matching, so it's all good. Sorry. Isn't he cute? Doesn't he look great this morning? I great. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Woo! So, I love him. So, we were newly married, and there was this little acronym that was flung around called DINKS. I don't know if they still say this. Double income, no kids, right? So, you're making money, and it was a good thing because when we came into marriage, we both went to a small private school. Uh, I went on to do a master's degree. Chris did some graduate work too. And when we came into college, we had zero clue about, hey, don't go into debt. That's probably a bad idea. And so we had enormous debt. I think by the time we finished, we had almost $100,000 of debt. And so we started working and uh, you know, paying everything that we could. And then, and then we had a baby. And... We, so I came home, and we began to feel a lot of pressure because we had enormous payments and, uh, you know, just the, the, stretching, the stretching nature of that. And I remember going to a conference and hearing this man in a sermon talk about, you know, ask the Lord to provide for you for, for whatever your needs are, no matter how big, nothing's impossible with God, you know. And I felt stirred to ask God for what we needed, which was $100,000. And I think I put like a time frame on it, you know, maybe a couple weeks or a month. I don't remember now. It was a short time frame. And I prayed and, and the time frame came and God didn't bring the $100,000 that I'd hoped. And I'd, I'm not even sure that I totally thought that he would, but I thought, hey, I should try. And, and what, but you know, something that God did in that and, of course, there's immaturity in that, but there's also faith in that. And something that God showed me in that time that stuck and that kind of endured through this story is that, for me, I think I had felt like I couldn't ask God to deliver me out of things that were my own fault. I'm not sure how I thought I would get out of them without God, but, you know, I just was believing that. And so there was a lot of freedom for me in realizing that 
God could deliver us from things even that we had caused ourselves. And so that kind of stuck, and I felt freedom to pray, freedom to pray for the impossible. And so we moved to Denton, and now we have a two-year-old and a six-month-old baby. And we got there, and our rent increased, and Chris was going to do some, some grad school work there. And, you know, when you're in this kind of situation, I'm sure, I'm sure many of you can relate. Financial struggles are so common. Uh, but when you're in this kind of situation, you've got everything carefully planned out. But the minute anything goes wrong, you're immediately in a crisis situation. And if, if more than a, a couple things go wrong, you are really in trouble. And we got in that situation quickly. We had, you know, medical or car or whatever it was at the time. And we just began to cry out to the Lord. And God put, our, put someone in our path at the time. who was a missionary from Mexico. And he was, they'd seen so many churches established and miracles happen and been through a lot of suffering as well. And, but the thing that we learned from him was that he actively pursued God. And the way that he did that and his group there with him, they would fast and pray and in, a, in a regular way, in a scheduled way. And that was somewhat new to us. We had heard of it, but... Uh, but it wasn't really a big part of our experience. And so we were excited and, and it fit with our budget because it was free to fast and you didn't spend money on food. And so we were like, this is a good spiritual thing for us. So, um, so we began to fast and pray and, and we started to have, we had to work more, you know, and this, this, this missionary also, he would rise early before anything else would happen in the day and he would seek the Lord. And we felt like that's important. We should do that too. And so, at the time, Chris was working 5 a.m. to 2. I would work 3 to 6. He would work 7 to 9 on the nights when he didn't have class. And so we would rise before he would go and uh, seek the Lord. And, and we were, you know, God was, it's like those in-between times. We're praying for the big deliverance. We're asking for the daily things we need. Uh, we're, we're, we're turning as we can, the pressure is increasing. It's just an intense, intense schedule, but God continue, was continuing to meet us and show us that, that he could meet us right there. He could meet us. And at one point, you know, we got discouraged. You should tell yeah. that. So, or you uh, got discouraged. I got I'm discouraged. I'm sure I wasn't but, discouraged. And, uh, no, you know, no, when no, you, sure. you have to... I was doing manual labor loading trucks at Lowe's or something like that, and... Um, and I got discouraged, and I was mad. I got mad. And um, I came home from work and told Tiffany that uh, we're not getting up in the morning. I'm tired, and I'm going to sleep in. We're turning off the alarm. And so she obeyed me. And uh, she said, what? Okay. And uh, so we, we turned off the alarm, and that was kind of a bad attitude from me. But God works with us with all of our attitudes, and you can yes. maybe tell the rest. Amen. Oh, well, okay. Yep. So, so, yeah, so Snarky Boy was upset with the Lord, and, and with good reason, we were tired. And you have to, you know, two-year-old two year yeah. and a six-month-old add to the mix. Like, just, you know, fill that in, in the gaps of the work schedule and the hard. And so he's tired, and so he shuts off the alarm. We go to bed, and the next morning, at the time that we normally would set the alarm to get up and be with the Lord, this music starts blaring in the house, and... We're immediately awake to it because it's right by where our kids sleep. And you know, parents, you understand. You're like, ah, no, please don't wake up the kids. And, but what we hear is an, a song by Delirious, 
that, and then the line that was playing was, swing wide, you heavenly gates, prepare the way of the risen Lord. And we're like, ooh, okay. Uh, but, you know, we're a little thick-headed because we're in kind of a hard season. And we're like, wow, okay. He turns it off, like somewhat encouraged, but, we're, but, you know, the radio could just go off. It wasn't necessarily the Lord. And so we, we move on, but we do decide the next day, he decides, okay, I'm going to set the alarm. You know, it was enough to help him. I'm going to set the alarm. So the next morning, five minutes before the alarm goes off, the music starts blaring again. Swing wide, you heavenly gates. Prepare the way of the Lord. And if you've ever really had a, had a moment like that where you sense the presence of God with you, with you, um, you know, he didn't, bring, he didn't bring the money that morning. He brought something fuller and deeper and richer. And this is the kind of thing that he kept wanting to show us. He keeps wanting to show us still. You know, that He is what we're longing for. He is the, you know, we're asking for the things we need, and we're supposed to. We're supposed to ask for the things we need. But it's, but it's the Him behind the things we need that He's wanting to show us, that He's wanting to reveal His love to us. So, Denton, you want to So, talk? yeah, so from Denton, we moved to Fort Worth, and we decided we felt like God had us in Denton two years, and it worked out that way. And we moved to Fort Worth to join the training school, the church planting school here. And uh, that led into, uh, had to rent a house and, um, you know, a number of events that were hard in that transition. My car ended up breaking down at some point. And, um, you know, it's just, it's like each time it was another go around on, Lord, we've been here. What do we do? We need you. And uh, remember, our landlord that we had before was supposed to give us our deposit back. It was for our next rent, and we needed it. We painted. We did everything, made everything look clean so we could get it back, and the guy ended up not giving it to us. He was a believer, but something switched, and he just said, no, I can't give it to you. And I got, I got mad on the phone, and, um, and it just, I couldn't believe it. And so we got to a place, our voices got way up here, and then and the, it was ended, and the phone call was done. And so we're just like, God, what in the world? And uh, so another crisis of we don't have for tomorrow, what are we going to do? And what did we do? You can we, finish that one. <laughs> we prayed because, you know, it's like you get in those situations, and, you know, you probably right now, you're all in these situations right now, right? Most of us. Occasionally, we might not be in a situation like this, but in general, we are. And, and we have a choice. You know, you really have a choice. And, and what I love about the Lord is that, you know, we make the wrong choice all the time. And He's still so merciful when He comes to us. But when we do choose Him, there is, there's a gift there. There's a seeing more of Him. There's a, there's a revelation um, of of, you know, just like with Lazarus, of him being the resurrection and the life. You know, they got to see something extraordinary there and come to know him in a deeper way. And so, you know, we're beginning in little baby bits, you know, to see that. And so we're in the situation and we pray, God, what are you saying right now? And what are you doing? And we heard uh, the Lord remind us of the scripture, forgive others like you want to be forgiven. And we were at that time, obviously, all that debt, we wanted to be forgiven of a lot and generously. <laughs> and so 
we were like, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. That's, that's a word from you. And Chris called him back. And, yeah, we forget. You know, we don't keep the deposit. It's great. It's going to be fine. And, and he actually did a turnaround and was like, no, I want to give it to you. And Chris was, you know, insisting, no, because we have this word from the Lord. And so I think he ended up giving it to his church or something. But, but uh, it was a faith-building thing for us that God was moving. He was moving. And, you know, this is several years, this prayer of deliverance and longing uh, to have debt forgiven and all that. But, in, but it's, it's really about the Lord, and he's, and he's continuing to show us, I'm with you, I'm in it, it's about me. And this was just another place for that. So we get to Fort Worth. So in, so it all runs together after a while. But um, So uh, we got to a place... Uh, Another place where it's like we have stretched ourselves by faith, trusting the Lord, and now we're at this place where we can't, we just another place where we can't make it. And uh, it was a night that was life group night. And you know those nights, they're, it's always on life group night. And so, um, so we're like, no money, we can't pay whatever, and, and we got babies crying and diapers, and this is not good. And so, Lord, what are we doing? We didn't even feel like praying. And uh, it's life group. And we're leading the life group. And so we have to go to life group. And so I go in to get my beautiful wife to go to life group, and she is crying. And I'm like, this is not the way this is supposed to work. I don't want to go like this. And so we kind of have some words, and and I obey. And what did you say? (laughs) I think I said, I'm not going to life group, is what I think I said. And, uh, and he said, okay. <laughs> and, you know, it, he, he could see the look on my face. And, but at this point, you know, like he said, we had moved down to Fort Worth. We had sort of gotten settled. But then really, we, we entered into maybe one of the darkest times that we'd been in. Very difficult financial circumstances. Uh, just so oppressive. And... This, this particular night, it just felt like things came to a head. Like it was just, it was so hard. And so we, we, I end up going to life group. And we get there and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just a, it's a quirky night. There's only five of us. There's only four in our life group anyway, including us, right? Two and two more at the time. It was a new life group. And then we had a visitor. And so we get there and I'm, I'm like... You know, women, when you're borderline emotional, like you're like, anything could set this thing off. Like, just, I am a time bomb right here. And so we come in, we're acting normal, you know, and we don't ever hear kids. And, you know, we sit down in the living room and, and the, the guy that's got the worship is iPod worship. And, and I remember the songs because the first one was, remember this song by Rita Springer, It's Gonna Be Worth It All? going to be worth it all. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel the, <laughs> you know, like the tear, like I'm like, oh, you know, not good. And then, then they kick in with Matt Redman, blessed be your name. God gives, he takes away. You know, it's so hard. God loves you. And I'm just like all out bawling, like snot, red nose, bad bawling, ugly bawling. And, and, and then <laughs> what's, so funny, you know, groups. All the while, we're just singing. Everyone's just singing, and there's this person falling apart. You gotta love life group. It's just real. And so, anyway, at the end of the life group, this guy that was somewhat newer, it timidly says, "Well, 
maybe we could pray for y'all tonight. And I'm like, great idea. And so he begins to pray for us, and he hears, uh, he keeps hearing this verse in, uh, out of Isaiah, I think it's out of Isaiah, about how man is like the grass of the field. He's here today, he's gone tomorrow. And he said, I, I feel like, what, that just keeps coming to my mind, but I kind of feel like it's actually about your debt, that it's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. And, you know, and if you're in an in-between place, like I'm sure many of you are, you, you, you can receive hope and encouragement, but you have, I mean, I don't know if you experience this too, but you have some caution. You know, like you're like, uh, okay, I mean, I hear you. And, um, but, it, but in all these ex- prior experiences with God, you know, you learn to just sort of lean into him. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm just leaning into you with that. I'm just, I'm just being, I'm allowing myself to know that I'm surrounded by you in that. And so the other lady that's there begins to pray over me. And, and I'm, I'm comforted by the love in the room. I'm still very spent and done internally. But I see this picture in my mind, and it's these three bundles of money. And they're all bound with rope, and it's like they're in heaven. And in, in the picture, one of them is being cut, and the money is falling down. And then the other two, it's like I have the impression that they will be cut and the money will come. And I did kind of have a little bit of that response, like money falling from the sky, like falling from the sky, you know. And uh, okay, but we share it and we leave. And the next morning, um, the next morning we get a phone call and someone comes to us and they say, we want to, I want to pay $66,000 of your debt today. And praise God, we've been asking for that for a long time, right? Someone came in great compassion and sacrifice to do that. And when they were telling us how it would happen, they said, I can give you this certain amount right now in the moment, and then in a few months you're going to get the second amount, and then in a year you'll get the third. And uh, praise God, right? So... You know, the Lord, and that was, and it was, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. But, I mean, we hit, the, hit our knees. I was weeping, literally on the ground. Um, and we don't have, you know, we're still on the journey. We're still on the journey, just like you're on the journey of those in-between times. And, you know, God leads us in, just like that Lazarus story. It's like through death and resurrection, death and resurrection. And we're coming to know, but it's not just the experience. It's that he is the resurrection, so it's the him, you know, it's through the death to him, through the death to him, you know, and really he's with us in all of it. But, uh, you know, our encouragement today is it's worth it. It's, and we're still in it. We're, we're right there in it. You know, we have, we could list out 10 situations right now where we're in those in-between days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I need to, yeah. all right, so if the band and ministry team will come up yeah. and Chris is going to finish this out. So, um, so we want to encourage you, if you'll stand up, and we're just going to respond um, however we need to, however you feel led to. Um, the Lord wants to meet you, and He loves you. He wants relationship with you. Jesus wants to have relationship with you. And maybe you're hearing this, and it's hitting you in a place where it's, the Lord is showing you something. Um, maybe it's financial need. Maybe it's something that you're in a hard time and it's like you're, you're done. Um, but I want to encourage you. You know, faith is as simple as turning to the Lord. 
It's also called repentance. It's just turning. You see what he says. You see what you think and what you feel. And you say, I'm going to think and feel what he says I should think and feel. Because that's what's true. And then you make a step. And I think that's important. The faith is always a responsive thing. That we engage somehow. That we make a step. Jesus commended this over and over in people. When they, it, they had faith to say, I heard and I see and now I'm going to step towards you. I'm going to tear out the tiles in the roof to get there. I'm going to touch. I'm going to come close. I'm going to push to get where I need to be. And he said, your faith made you whole. And he said, I'm coming to you because you had faith. And I think there's something special when we choose him. When we choose him in this in-between time of where we can't see him. We cannot see him with our eyes. We don't know. It does not match up. What we're experiencing does not make sense. It is not right. Things are not right. And yet we choose him. That's special. That honors him. And he will honor you. He will meet you. Jesus said, it's going to be a hundred times over that you're going to receive whatever you've left when you decide to choose me in this life and the life to come. He sees the big picture. He sees what he's doing, and we can't see him, but we walk by faith, and we're learning to do it. We can do it, and we can know him. Maybe you're here today, and you say, I don't know that I know him like that. I want to know him like that. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can know him. You can know that you know him, and nobody can take that away. You can know him. He wants to be known. And, you know, in the end, when he appears, the Bible talks about this, uses that phrase, when he appears at the end, it's like a veil is going to be undone and we're going to see him as he really is and everything will make sense and we'll be like him because we will see him clearly. And everything that you hang on to that you think is so precious or that, that maybe you know is wrong and you just can't let go of it, that stuff will be gone because you'll see him as he really is. Things will become clear. He can help you even now to know him and see him and things to be clearer. We do have an anchor and in the end, everything will be made right. We know we'll see him. So let's make it, let's make it worth it now and choose him now. That's a reward for you. So I want you to encourage you to turn in that pain, in that place of hopelessness or whatever it is, turn to him and let's let's hear him let's receive a word from him let's receive prayer and encouragement and let's take a step toward him let's push toward him he loves you once you come if you have a need turn to somebody near you or come down front somebody's going to pray we're going to have a bunch of people let's let's pray